The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. Hey everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the new year of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from The Print Files, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the industry each month. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print21 and PKN Packaging News. Wayne, Christmas has come and gone, and now we're in the thick of the new year. What are the big stories impacting print businesses up and down the country? Uh, Lindy, where do I start? There's never a dull moment in print, as we know. But as we kick into the new year, there's so much going on. Supply, of course, is a huge issue. We've got plenty on that in this episode. Print mergers seem to be taking place left, right and centre. Investments in innovative technology and conventional technology is going on. Offset market is in recovery. The outdoor market is in recovery. Expos are returning. And the PVCA has a new president. Wow. Well, that's a full menu in our lineup. Let's start with supply, which has now become front page news as we wait for extended periods for goods from coming from overseas and goods as wide ranging as fridges and cars. What's happening? You're absolutely right, Lindy. Everybody in the nation, it seems, is waiting for goods from overseas, whether that's industry or consumers. Uh, the, the issue, of course, is to uh, mainly with shipping, uh, also big issues in raw materials supply going on, uh, and especially for those goods that you mentioned, semiconductors uh, are in big shortage. But for our industry, uh, shipping is the issue that it's boiling down to, or has been, and that issue has been going on as we've been reporting, you and I have been talking probably for a year now on it. Well, this situation isn't getting better. In fact, it's getting worse. Uh, and now, just this week, the ACCC, together with its counterparts in the UK, the US, New Zealand and Canada, have set up a working party. Uh, and this is pretty intense news for the shipping industry because the US Department of Justice is involved, which is a heavy duty organization. They've set up a working party to investigate uh, unscrupulous behavior in the shipping industry because the shipping industry, as we understand it, uh, has consolidated, power is consolidated, and those com people, those companies that are running shipping these days are using that power in ways that not everyone thinks are the best ways uh, for the overall benefit of everyone. We've got issues such as ghost ships going, being sent out with nothing on them, going nowhere, just to take supply out of the market. We have vertical integration going on, where those companies are basically saying to handlers, freight handlers, operate on our prices or don't operate at all. So these big five organizations, the ACCC, the US Department of Justice, the Canadian Commerce Organization, and those in the UK and New Zealand, are now set up a dedicated task force to deal with uh, the issue of sh shipping and particularly the way that many people feel uh, it's being manipulated. Well, I'd say it's a high time for such an investigation and at this level, bringing out the big guns, so to speak. But importantly for us, how is this impacting on print? Well, not very well. Um, consumables price rises, unfortunately, in print, inks, paper, everything that's coming in from overseas is going up. Uh, equipment that's coming from overseas uh, is struggling to get here. The suppliers, the industry suppliers in Australia and New Zealand, are uh, doing, Lindy, a fantastic job. I mean, they are really managing it well. They're stocking up their warehouses as much as they can. No one is being let down on supply at the moment, but they're having to work ultra, extra hard and uh, 
below the water, they, uh, their uh, action is nonstop. So uh, Flint Group, for instance, the huge uh, ink supplier, uh, it's put up its prices. First of all, it put them up on their on their packaging materials, uh, packaging uh, inks, uh, three weeks ago. Then uh, two weeks ago, it put it up on uh, its narrow web materials. Uh, and just this last week, it's said that offset commercial publication papers, are, their inks are going to have a surcharge, which will last for as long as this issue lasts for, which is a kind of obviously a price rise in another term. Eventually, they say, we'll take it off once the issue changes. But uh, whether that will ever happen or not, we don't know. All the prices are rising. Inflationary pressures are building up. Printers have to press on those prices to their customers. That's not an easy conversation for them to have. Although, because everyone in every industry is facing the same issues, at least it's not. A, it won't be a surprise to the customers of printers. Well, it's pressure all round. And there's a bit of a fracas happening in Finland. Tell us about that. Yes, Finland, of course. Well, Finland is a huge paper-producing country. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, Lindy, but it's mainly a forest, a gigantic country that's mainly forest. A fantastic paper industry that's been going for many years. There has been some consolidation. Store Enzo took out two of its big mills last year. A million tons of paper a year were, were taken out of the supply chain. And now UPM, which along with Store Enzo is the other big paper maker, $10 billion a year, they $10 billion worth a year of commercial papers they produce. The staff at UPM have been on strike since the 1st of January. It's now the longest strike there's ever been in the history of the Finnish papermaking industry. Uh, talks, are, they're on, they're off, they're breaking down all the time. The uh, Finnish Electricians Union has come out in support. They won't maintain the UPM mills. The Finnish Transport Workers Union now won't, won't uh, transport any paper. And so... The issue for the rest of the world, because UPM is is the you know one of the big outside the US, one of the big two uh, papermaking companies, that will now start to impact on on supply of papers. Tony Bertrand, marketing manager here at uh, the distributor Born Doggett, uh, says it compounds the issue that we are having with supply. The the in in Europe, the Finat, which is the Label Makers Association, has warned that. The lack of supply from UPM Rafatac, the big label paper manufacturer, will start to impact product going onto shelves in supermarket. They won't have, they won't be able to have labels, which means they won't be able to go onto supermarkets. So you know, it's uh, it's an it's another uh, it's another issue to deal with for the printing industry. One that hopefully will resolve, but it's been going on for ten weeks now and shows no sign of uh, of ceasing. Let's look at um, activities closer to home now. So since Christmas, we seem to be have um, been seeing something of a trend towards mergers um, in the Australian print industry. Among several mergers, Melbourne commercial printer Neo has acquired Eastern Press, and we've had QLM label makers taking over Elba. And over in WA, Clockwork Press has merged into Quality Press. So what is the rationale here? Uh, yeah, Lindy, you're absolutely right. There's been a lot of mergers going on there, just three of them. Uh, the rationale is fairly simple. Uh, it's to do with consolidation of equipment. If you uh, there's no if you you can really benefit if you're a printing company by effectively sharing your equipment. If you're a printer and your press is operating for ten hours a day, but you are paying effectively your lease or your higher purchase for 24 hours a day, and you're paying rent on your building for 24 hours a day, if you have two printers in the same town using relatively similar equipment. Well, if they merge and both have 10 hours of a day of that equipment, they're cutting half the cost, simply speaking. Uh, and so that's the kind of underlying uh, Russia, underlying reason why these mergers are happening. They've all got slightly different reasons. QLM label makers, in fact, wanted a Melbourne manufacturing site 
to go alongside his, with his Brisbane one to counter the rise of the big multinationals in labels. As you know, label um, MCC and CCL have now become huge players in the Australian national Australia and New Zealand market. So QLM label makers wanted a, mani- a manufacturing base in Melbourne. Elba was a, a typical story. The family that owned the company for 60 years were looking for an exit strategy. No uh, new generations to take it over. So uh, it suited both parties. With uh, with um, Neo and Eastern Press, of course, Eastern Press, and very similar businesses, commercial print operations. And Neo, a young go-ahead company. Eastern Press, sadly, uh, Frank Hilliard, the, the well-known founder of that company, passed away suddenly two years ago and so the the family has decided the best it's in their best interest to merge it with uh with with uh, neo over in west australia a similar story and this uh, will resonate with print businesses around the country small printer clockwork press its owners again to retirement age their options are either to the equipment's aging the options are either to buy new equipment and and to take out a um, big mortgage on your house or your property when you're 60 or 70 years old to buy a new piece of equipment is a very unattractive prospect. So much better if you can merge or merge, which I did in this case with Quality Press, which is one of the big prints in West Australia. And in fact, in all these cases, the brands survive, Eastern survives, and uh, Clockwork survives, and the, the people that work there will continue to sell and service those customers of that brand, but on someone else's equipment. And so then they have no worries. The owners of Clockwork now, they have no worries about uh, buying equipment, maintaining equipment, manning equipment. It's basically all palmed off to the company that's bought it. So that's that's the that's the rationale. And I think this year, it looks like we'll see a fair bit of that going on. Well, thanks for that explanation, because I think it certainly gives some insight into the why for those businesses making the decision. And um, it certainly makes business sense that they did make those moves. Now, in encouraging news, Print21 has also been reporting that at least two sectors of print that were battered by COVID, offset and outdoor, are both in recovery mode. So tell us what's happening there, Wayne. Uh, Yeah, that is good news for all printers. Um, The the signs coming from, particularly from the industry suppliers, who are the kind of benchmarks or or the barometers, shall we say, uh, are good. Fujifilm, one of the big three plate suppliers, has just lifted its full year forecast significantly on the back of rapidly rising offset plate sales. Uh, Heidelberg, the world's biggest press manufacturer, uh, has got an order backlog now bigger than when it was uh, in pre-COVID times. 951 million euros, in fact, is how big its order backlog is. And the company this year will be back in the black for the first time for several years. Uh, so, and Man Roland, Koenig and Bauer, Kamori have all said that they, they're all seeing a surge in order for presses. Um, it's happening here as well. Uh, Heidelberg had a good le- good year last year. Uh, this year, CMP in uh, Sydney has just put in a, uh, a new Heidelberg. So uh, good news for the offset industry, which, of course, is still the bulk of the industry, uh, because those figures from manufacturers indicate that work is picking up. Of course, the country's coming out of, of uh, COVID now. Restrictions are easing. The hope is that the economy here, uh, these figures are global figures, but and Australia is to some extent behind the rest of the world, certainly Europe, the UK, and North America when it comes to coming out of COVID. So the hope is that we will follow in those footsteps. Uh, with the outdoor industry, uh, U Media has just released its figures this week. Uh, it's back up to 93% of where it was pre-COVID. Now, after having, as you use the word, battered, it was the outdoor industry was battered because no one was going to work, so no one's buying adverts for people who are going to work, which is typically where much of the outdoor industry is. Uh, but U Media is back up to 93% now. 
And the Outdoor Media Association, uh, its figures show that uh, it's getting close to where it used to be as well. Uh, still a way off. I think the Outdoor Media Association is still $150 million down. It's up to $800 million. It was $950 million being spent on outdoor. However, within that good news, there are there is a bit of a twist in the tail for the print industry because U Media and the Outdoor Media Association both say that digital signage and we see the you know the digital signs now as we drive along. Digital, even bus shelters have digital signage because it's so cheap now with the LED technology. Uh, that is where the money is going. Uh, U Media converted three thirty of its large format billboards, the huge ones that you see at roadsides at airports, thirty of those to digital in the last year, taking up to two hundred, and says that it will accelerate that drive further. Uh, they they do say there's still a place for print. Of course, you buy a print one, it's static, which is its other name. Everyone sees that poster all the time. But for the media companies, the agencies, the big advantage of digital, of course, is they can sell that image a hundred times a day, not just once a month. So you know, and it's eye catching as well. So there's a twist in the tail there. The, there is a recovery in the outdoor media sector. It's a big important sector for printing, uh, but the digital side of it is growing and at the expense of print. Well, we're seeing digitalization across the board on um, in packaging, in factories. It's it's part of the reality of, of today and tomorrow. And um, I think printers are going to need to look at other channels, one of those being packaging, of course. And now I note, Wayne, that we are seeing investments in equipment here in Australia and New Zealand and in some quite innovative technology. Do you want to tell us more about that? Uh, yeah, there's been just over the over the last couple of months, been some terrific investments going on. EPAC, which you'll know, is the uh, global uh, web to print short run packaging business, brand new business, doesn't exist five years ago. Now it's a two hundred million dollar a year business. It's opening a plant in Australia. That will be that will have two HP Indigo twenty five Ks in there. Uh, Italia, which is a uh, carton uh, packaging business. Um, quite a new business as well. They're installing the country's first page-wide C500. Um, and the, like EPAC, it's, Italia says it has bold ambitions to disrupt the space. So this, these uh, technologies are being invested in, but it's not all new technology. CMP, I mentioned earlier, is installing new Heidelberg and is one of a dozen printers to put in a new Heidelberg last year. So, but it's great to see investment in the industry uh, going on. Uh, this is uh, something that, uh, of course, we all want to see. It means that the in people have vision and uh, commitment and confidence in the industry moving forward. Yes, and of course, one of the main places where we get to see the new technology is at industry trade fairs, which we, <laughs> which are a distant memory at the moment. We didn't see many of them for um, during COVID as a result of all the cancellations. But now it looks like they're back on the horizon. So tell me what printers can see and where they can see it this year, Wayne. Uh, yeah, that's right. Good news for the for those that love to go to trade fairs, which is most go-ahead printers. Uh, the big global shows are, are, are all on this year, and the big Australian shows are, are all on as well. Label Expo, the uh, the label show in Brussels, once every two years. Of course, the last one was 2019. That's on at the end of April. 600 exhibitors have signed up for that. Uh, there are a couple of big names that aren't there, uh, but 600 exhibitors is a lot of names. And Labels, of course, is a, is a Terrific area. One uh, story that did come out over Christmas, Lindy, you'll know this was uh, Brutopia, which uh, printed personalized VB 
cases and VB bottles for its for customers on a um, Konica Minolta machine, their digital machine. A great example of innovative technology, innovative marketing and vision to create a demand. And those cases were going for 100 bucks. So people are prepared to pay for it. Um, back to exhibitions. OSPAC, of course, is on in uh, May, uh, 17th to 20th of May uh, for everything uh, on the form filling side of uh, of uh, the industry, FESPA wide format show uh, once every two years. It's supposed to be hasn't been a get also. Twenty nineteen was its last one. The big wide format show that's in Berlin. There was a small version in Amsterdam last year, uh, but the big event is Berlin in May. And then of course Packprint, Australia's very own print show. The last one was twenty seventeen, so it'll be five years since there's been one here. Uh, that's scheduled for the uh, end of June, beginning of July, in Melbourne. Uh, it's going to be a terrific event. There'll all be terrific events. Just great to be out and about and seeing people networking, of course, as well as the machines. Uh, the actual networking, the face-to-face -face is where the value is in these events, as, as we all know. Yes, I agree with you. I cannot wait for OzPack and for PackPrint um, to be stamping those halls and hearing the sounds of machines running and seeing people face-to-face -face and learning so much on, on the show floor and also in the allied um, technical forums that happen. And the, and at OSPAC, there's going to be the OSPAC Leaders Forum. There are going to be technology showcases on the floor. And there's quite a lot of, a, of, a, of an overlap there with converters like OF Packaging, for instance, which is now part of Close the Loop Group that will be at OSPAC, companies like Jet Technologies as well. So it's um, looking like a really healthy lineup. And in quick succession after that, we'll have PackPrint. So Melbourne's going to be the place to be in May and June and July, because PackPrint straddles June and July. Now, um, of course, when we, the, the good thing about these shows, Wayne, is actually being able to see people and greet people and meet people um, and talk to people. And on the subject of people, let's look at, um, as we end off this podcast, it's some of the movers and shakers um, in the print industry. What's been happening in the people world? In the people world, Peter Clark has become the new PVCA president, the Print and Visual Communication Association, the employers group of the printing industry, uh, or one of them. Uh, he is the new president. Um, and it, it's a real coup for the uh, PVCA, for Peter. He's a, got an, a, he had a stellar career in the print industry, uh, which, which ended, ended with him starting a, a brand new heat set web offset business back 20 years ago, AIW, which at the time, uh, was recognized as one of the leading, most advanced uh, web offset businesses in the world. Uh, Peter, was uh, he's always been a forward thinker. Uh, he's worked for small businesses in, in his early days. Then he worked for the big businesses, the PMPs and, uh, and news uh, PMPs of the world. Um, so he knows the printing industry inside out, back to front, every size of business, every type of business he's pretty much had experience of, and he, and he knows what it takes to win. Uh, so it's terrific uh, news for the printing industry that Peter's uh, retired, uh, but he's been, he's been active in the industry for ever since uh, he sold ARW to Ive Group uh, and is now the president representing printers at all levels. So that is terrific news. Also uh, moving up is uh, Sonia Schwabsky, uh, Quick Copy Group, which is one of the big print franchises, uh, 90 plus stores, uh, is going through a bit of a revitalization process. Uh, Matthew Penfold from the original owners, the Penfold family, uh, is chairman of the board now. Annalise Andrews, a real uh, entrepreneur, uh, is also on the board. And they've appointed uh, uh, Sonia Schwabsky as the CEO. Sonia, of course, was the chief growth officer at arch rival Snap. 
print and design, uh, whose uh, CEO, Richard, Richard Thame, has also left and moved on. Uh, so Sonia is now the uh, CEO at Quick Copy. Uh, the Snap CEO, uh, I understand, will be appointed shortly. So uh, best wishes to uh, Sonia there, and I'm sure it'll be a good new, good move for Quick Copy. Lindy, some uh, you know, life is uh, is full uh, and goes full circle. And of course, well, not of course, but over Christmas, sadly, we said goodbye to two of the industry's most well-known people. Uh, innovative Charles Hanna, uh, the uh, founder of Hanna Pack, which he basically created with his father initially, and then his son Sam. Uh, to become one of the powerhouse packaging companies of Australia. Uh, Charles sadly passed away. Uh, and then um, he was awarded an OAM, of course, uh, five years ago. He, he sold the business uh, to Westrock eventually and then went on and uh, developed a successful foodie business industry in a small town in New South Wales. Um, he'll be sadly missed. And then Simon Robottom, who was uh, a real in industry identity and enthusiast in, in the Queensland, in the Southeast Queensland print business or print industry. Well-known well known person, very enthusiastic about print. Latterly worked in many companies, well-known, Platypus. Uh, latterly was uh, working at Salt Design. Uh, he, he sadly has uh, passed away as well. So uh, that's the, the circle of life, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's always a sad day when industry greats pass on. And it reminds us, of course, when that people really is the print industry's greatest resource. Um, without them, we could have all the technology in the world, but it's those forward thinkers that we need so um, very much. Well, that wraps up this first episode of the new year of um, It's Been a Big Month in Print. Thanks, everyone, as ever, for listening. We value your feedback as always, especially the good feedback. And now it's time for me, Lindy Houston, to say goodbye. It's goodbye from this episode of The Print Files from me, Wayne Robinson. We look forward to you joining us again next time for It's Been a Big Month in Print. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.